Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And this is our monthly podcast where we explore this celestial landscape for the month, what's happening in the stars. We have a tarot card that fits the vibe, all with an eye towards inspiring you and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So, hello, Stephanie. Hello, Megan. And this is So Divine, our May edition. So let's talk a little bit about what's happening in May. And, you know, before, actually, before we kind of get into May, let's take just a moment and talk a little bit about April. Because April was kind of an intense month, especially as we got towards the end of the month. We had the strong Pluto and Saturn in Capricorn stationing. And I feel like for a lot of people, it just really brought up to the surface a certain intensity around what we need to look at on a deeper level. What are the structures in our life? Are they working? And this theme is going to carry on a little bit into the beginning of May. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so we enter May on the heels mm-hmm. right, of that. And right. it's not obviously this... Or the hoofs. The heels are the... <laughs> oh, it's so good. The Taurus hoofs. Look at you. <laughs> or Capricorn hoofs. Oh, yeah, Capricorn hoofs. All, all the hoofs. All, all the, the hoofs. And so, you know, April with those station planets that are sort of this sense of a preface to what mm-hmm. we will be experiencing and moving through for the next many months, right. given that Saturn and Pluto come together exactly in January. You know, we saw about our structures mm-hmm. in our own lives, structures out in the world. You know, yeah. did they have solidity? Mm-hmm. You know, how do they hold together? Yeah. You know, you know what is our sense of, of authority and our sense of resourcefulness really digging in? And when you dig in, what do you find? Mm-hmm. You know, you what may, do you find? What do you find? And do you want to see what you found? And maybe we don't want to see that, which is why we oftentimes we don't dig in, but we must. Yes. And then we find that, and then we have that sense of truth and honesty, and then mm. we can deal from that. Right, and this theme of, you know, with Pluto and Saturn dancing so closely together, you know, throughout the year, you know, this is there's going to be different points where it's going to be stronger than others, but these themes continue on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and really, and I think it's encouraging us. Encourage, is that the right word? It's forcing us, it's inviting <laughs> us. Inviting, there you, you know, go. You know, to really look at what is. Right. 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 You know, and the what is sometimes is really hard to look at. Yeah. You know, we're looking at issues of government. We're looking at climate change. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, we're looking at these realities, but it's and within ourselves and our personal lives. But it's by looking at them that we can deal with them, you know, process them, find ways to work with them. And I think in some cases, maybe even dismantling them. I mean, I think this is an opportunity, and I think this is what we're seeing in the world about where certain structures are no longer working for us. And so sometimes they've got to be taken down or dismantled to allow this deeper, you know, more valued, you know, ultimate what it could be valued sense to come up and come through. Yeah, Yeah. and it's interesting in that month of April, right, that we had, I mean, this sort of iconic... um, 
you know, process or experience of that even with Notre Dame, right? This sense of like, right, the, you know, this, yes. this long-standing mm, structure mm. that is withheld so much. And then that sense of destruction, how do people react to that and yes. the fundraising for that and what that brought up. And yet that they did say it was structurally sound even yes. after the fires. But so I, was, I think about Notre Dame and all of that and it's what it's bringing up also as an analogy for ourselves and our life in yes. other ways. Yes, yes. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, I, you know, as we're talking about Pluto, right? Uh, one of the things that we want to talk about for this month is around the um, the dwarf planet Eris, and Eris is a planet that, or a dwarf planet, that you know is kind of newly coming into our consciousness. It was only discovered in two thousand five, and Eris is the goddess of strife and. What? Strife and discord. Discord. Ooh, dun 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 dun. <laughs> and I love how you said, right, in terms of it coming into our consciousness, yes. because this year, what's really interesting is that Pluto, again, that like digs yes. things up and brings right. things to consciousness when it's stationed, stationed so closely in a square to Eris. And this is another theme, this Pluto-Eris square that we'll see for the next little while. And so our attention really being brought to Eris. And, you know, it's interesting in 2005, right, when Eris was discovered, <laughs> that was right when Pluto was demoted from right. planet to dwarf planet. And Ceres was made a dwarf planet as well. And so it's, it's there's interesting. A that co- there's, there. a re- there's a relationship there. And Eris is interesting in terms of like her, the timing we think, right, in terms of bringing to consciousness, because, you know, also in May, it's something that we've seen that is something that will also will be more aware of and that we can work with. Mm, yes. So she, before we talk about sort of how that plays out yeah. in May, do you want to talk a little bit about Eris? I do, I do, because it's so <laughs> interesting. That, you know, you know, of course, you know, all these um, these goddesses have mythology that goes along with them. So let's talk a little bit about what's the mythology about Eris. And because uh, basically she wasn't invited to the party. Exactly. And that's where <laughs> It all That's where it all began. Yeah, so Eris, who is the sister of Mars, yes. right, the warrior planet, she herself had a very strong warrior energy. Mm-hmm. And there was supposedly, as it's told in myth, <laughs> this gathering. And Eris is not invited to the party. Ah. And she got pissed. Yes. <laughs> this is sort of a colloquial recounting of this myth. <laughs> And so Eris came to the party and she decided to sort of cause a little <laughs> havoc, if you will. And sort of so the story goes, she threw an apple and the apple was in, with an inscription of like to the most beautiful. And she sort of set along this cascade of events that had the goddesses sort of warring against each mm. other in terms of who was the most beautiful. And um, Paris had to decide who was the most beautiful goddess. One thing led to the other. This whole thing had a, ended up creating both havoc and chaos and lots of strife and discord. And actually then led to, down a few steps down the road, the Trojan War. Oh, my goodness. So here we have this fierce <laughs> goddess, unafraid, yes. unabashedly, mm-hmm. right, I mean, both taking you know, whether it be hurt or sort of that sense of like disrespect, a wounding, like I am not seen, I'm not accepted, I'm not invited. I'm not just going to take that easily. 
I don't know that we're allowed to curse on this podcast. We could do whatever we want, but sort of like you. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so that is Eris. Now, hopefully nobody's scared out there to be like, oh, no, like who's going to throw apples in my party? You know, like how. But the thing what's interesting is for all of us to look for ourselves parts of ourselves yes. are not invited. Exactly. Because we all have eras in our chart somewhere, right? And because it's a, you know, a dwarf planet, you know, they're not, it doesn't always show up in when you're having your chart done uh, traditionally, but you can find programs that will show you where Eris uh, is in your chart. Yeah, so, you just go to the settings and you include it. Exactly. And so it's like, you know, like you're saying, where do I feel like disenfranchised? Where do I feel like I don't fit in? And then what do I do with the anger? You know, Mars can be an angry planet, you know, and this is the female Mars is what do I do with that anger? And, you know, when you think about it in a kind of a collective sense, I think there's a lot of what you might want to call the female pain body and old collective energy about not being invited to the party just because you're a woman, right? And, you know, what do you do with that anger? How do you channel it in a productive way? Because we don't want another Trojan War, right? Exactly. <laughs> right. And that's really been coming up for so many years. Right. Mm-hmm. I love how you're speaking about it, about the female pain body. Mm-hmm. Right. And like women or the feminine not being invited in. Yeah. You know, and now it's interesting, at least here in the United States, to look at what the Democratic contenders for, you know, who are running in the primary, like lots of women. Yes. Yes. Right. And. Um, so again, what is that on a collective level of like women? Just what are they doing? What are we doing in terms of like that we were like not accepted, not invited? That rise of the feminine, and I also think personally, right? Like, where is the part of yourself? I mean, I think it's one like how do I react if I feel excluded? If I feel right. like I'm the right. outcast by others, but also within ourselves, like what is the part of myself that I don't invite in? Mm. To the other parts, you know, what is that part of me that I say, no, 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 I can't be that. No, it's you. You're not accepted. You're not good. You're not this. You're not high. Whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So we cut off. Yes. And maybe also now with this Pluto square, Pluto brings things up from the surface. We're seeing for ourselves where the parts of ourselves that we disenfranchise. Yes, yes. That we don't accept. And then how does that part of us then sort of operate and maybe even cause its own subconscious discord within ourselves? So inviting that part of you into your awareness. Into your your party. Bringing it, you know, to, you know, bringing that part of your own self to the party. And, you know, it also brings to mind, especially as it, you know, joins that Pluto energy about... You know, for a lot of women, uh, anger is not an acceptable emotion. I think we tend to judge anger. And, of course, there's unhealthy anger and aggression. And then there's healthy anger. And anger can be a great catalyst. And anger can help us move forward and set boundaries. So how do we kind of deal with that anger? Is it a wounded anger? Or is it a healthy anger that kind of us, move us forward? And with that Pluto coming in which sometimes brings in the shadow. You know, what are you hiding in that shadow? You know, are are there angry parts of yourself that you're not, you know, communicating with? Yeah. 
And I think, like you're saying, like, how do you use that? You know, that it's, it's not bad that you <laughs> might feel upset or ire or mm-hmm. anger from being separate, but mm-hmm. from being cast away, mm-hmm. right? Like that it is a valid, a valid emotion. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's not, quote, hysteric, right? <laughs> or hysteria. Oh, yeah. You know, that itself is very charged. I was thinking about hysteria yes. and how people then had to have hysterectomies because they thought women were being hysteric. Oh, again, when women, you know, are dealing or feeling or expressing expressing their emotions, what has happened? Yeah. You it's, know, what happened to us? And right. it's kind of a scary, scary thing. The other thing is, so we're going to have opportunity yes. to be dealing with Eris uh, throughout the month. And it's connecting to a couple of different planets. So why don't you, it's both Mercury and Venus. So walk us through that, Stephanie. Yeah, so right now... Eris. And again, Eris moves really slowly. It takes about (laughs) 500 or so years to go around once. And Eris Ah. has been in Aries since somewhere in the beginning of the 20th century. I forget now. Somewhere, I think, in the 1930s. Did you say the 40s? In the 30s or 40s. 30s or 40s. Okay. So basically, most... A long time ago. A long time ago. (laughs) So most of all of you listening, highly, highly, highly likely, have... Eris and Aries. Okay. Um, so Eris right now is at about 23 degrees Aries. Okay. Now, if we remember, right, in March, Uranus, another planet that's a bit about chaos. Yes, exactly. Right? Shaking things up. Right. What shakes out? It's that caught off guard by yes. sudden and unexpected movement. Wreaking havoc sometimes. You know, I think Eris is kind of like that Mars Uranus energy. Totally. Yeah. And so Uranus is now in the very beginning of Taurus. So when a planet passes through the end of Aries and moves into Taurus, it's that one, two, warrior, discord, chaos, creative punch. Okay. That was a, <laughs> <stunned> <laughs> that was a mouthful. But so we have Mercury and Venus in, in May. Mercury and Venus will do that, right? So Mercury comes along, and on the third, it connects with Eris. And then... At at 23 degrees Aries. Exactly. Okay. And then, so that's on May 3rd, and then on May 8th, it connects with Uranus. I'm just going to say the other dates, and then we can sort of see, like, what what might this look like? So, again, Mercury, right, planet of communication, our thoughts, our assessing and and gathering information. And then Venus, planet of value Mm -hmm. and riches and relationships and love, connects with Eris on May 10th, and then connects with Uranus on May 18th. So what could that look like that a planet, you know, embodies that sense of like that feminine sense of like anger, you know, or that feminine sense of like not feeling invited. Maybe it's that call Mm -hmm. to see which parts of myself do not feel included. Mm -hmm. How does that rouse me? Right. But I'm, but then it's almost like it's not like oh yeah, and then I just have this leisurely time to like think about that. It's just like <laughs> days later. Then there's this like this surprise. But I always like to think about how Uranus is not always like a surprise from outside of ourselves. It's like how do I want to surprise myself? How do I want to repattern? So maybe what mm-hmm. we see is like wow, I realized like where it is that I feel like I'm excluded or I exclude myself, Eris. How do I want to move the pieces around in my life and shake things up so that I feel a greater sense of liberation and freedom? Uranus. 
Wait, and just to be clear, um, Eris is not going to join back with Uranus. It's Mercury and Venus yeah, that are in retro through. will go back and they will hook up with Uranus. Yeah, so Mercury yeah. goes, hello, Eris, a few days later. Hello, <laughs> hello Uranus. Uranus. Same thing with Venus. Interesting. Very interesting. So we've got this kind of potential chaos going on here with Mercury, you know, our communication, our thought process, you know, how we kind of, you know, express ourselves out there in the world. And then like you're saying, Venus, love, relationship, what we value. So I think that, you know, we could say that that period could be a little bit of, you know, rock and roll shaking some stuff up. So it's a great time to be aware and work, as you're saying, work with these energies as they come up and see how you can move them around to, like, move stuff through. Absolutely. Right. To be aware that like it may be like things may just be like really rabble roused within you (laughs) or the world. And to look at it as a period of really intense creative chaos, right? Yes. Where just moving yes. things around and shaking things up actually allow you to unleash new awareness and stand in your courage mm-hmm. to be able to make changes. Well, what you're, as you're talking about that, some of those themes are very Aries, mm-hmm. not not Aries, Aries, <laughs> right? Which is courage and bravery. And Aries is a sign of the warrior. It's ruled by Mars. And so, again, there's just like, I, you're calling it the one-two punch of, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Energy. I mean, this is very Marsy. You yeah. know what I mean? In, in, in every sense of the word. So really potent and powerful time. I was thinking two things. One, just because Eris sounds like Aries, it's spelled, right? E-R-I-S. Okay. Right, so that's Eris. And the other thing I just keep on thinking about is that theme of a party, like maybe even as a ritual, you know, whether ah. it's like you have a party and you invite, you know, people that you love to mm. it, right? And maybe there's some sort of ritual where people talk about that place that's their mm. wound and that uninvited part. Or, you mm. know, you do that work within yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not the only month where this, you know, sort of this one-two punch may be strong, but I think it's like the first time in a while yeah. that yeah. we have this. And because it's Mercury about knowing and voicing and Venus about loving and valuing. It just feels like we can really work it, work it constructively this month. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's kind of, let's move on and kind of talk a little bit about the energies of the month, because there's a real difference between kind of like the first of the month, the energies, which feel very yang to me, and then into more of mid to the end of the month, we kind of shift more into that yin energy. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, just something that I think it's sort of like the bass note might change. Change a bit. The bass note, I love that. It's like a fragrance. It's the cosmic fragrance, yes. At the, at the bottom. Um, and the reason being for that is that in the beginning of the month, Mercury and Venus, right, are in Aries, mm-hmm. as we're sort of speaking about, you know, which is very fiery and lots yeah. of movement. And then they move into Taurus slower, mm-hmm. grounded, more receiving. And Mars in the beginning of the month is in Gemini, which mm-hmm. is airy and moving, that yep. butterfly energy, and later on moves into Cancer, right? which is about tending and shepherding. So the be- again, there's it just feels like there is this tonal shift that occurs. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a welcome tonal shift. I, you know, I think we've had so much going on for a while, and to be able to, one of the things I love about Taurus energy is it does offer that slowing down yeah. and grounding and 
be more present in the moment. And you're talking about the we're talking about the cosmic perfume and the notes. That's very Taurus. You know, it's very <laughs> sensual. You know what I mean? So, I think that you know maybe the first of the month you know work it, and then the the latter part of the month is just allow yourself that regrouping slowing down grounding kind of kind of time and activities yeah and i I love that you came up with the cosmic perfume right (laughs) especially because as we start may too right i mean it is tourist season for the first few weeks so it's right just stay tuned we might come up with an actual perfume (laughs) so divine (laughs) perfume right exactly exactly so of course uh you know uh no astrological overview would be (laughs) complete without talking about the new and the full moon so we do have the new moon on may 4th in taurus Mm -hmm. right and well what do you think about that cosmic perfume cosmic perfume (laughs) um so again, it's the be- you know the beginning. A new cycle initiates related to Torian themes, the practical, the pragmatic. You know, and I, I think sometimes too, like not everyone, but some people are like, oh, practical, pragmatic. That's so boring. It's like, no, it's not. Like, what can you get? What can you create mm-hmm. by using your energy in a really thoughtful way? Mm. Of course, Taurus is also related to living through our senses. So, you know, what is it that you want to indulge in or where is it that you find your own sense of pleasure Mm. through Mm. connecting through your five senses? Taurus is also about rhythm and habit and routine. Mm -hmm. I think it's a beautiful time to look at not just like what new habits may I create for myself that have me feel more grounded and safe and secure, but which ones do I do that I'm attached to just because I like the rhythm of them, even though I know that the outcome of them is not very healthy for me, right? Mm-hmm. So just to look at your habits. And of course, Taurus, Mother Earth, <laughs> right? How can you feel right. more connected yeah. to the Earth? What do you do so that you can feel that relationship and even mm-hmm. if that relationship is coming into deeper emotions related to, like, grief and upset in terms of thinking about the planet right. and where she is and where right. we all are. You know, when I think about the new moon in Taurus, I mm-hmm. always think, you know, it's like would be the perfect time to, like, throw a fabulous dinner party. Maybe this is the party with we've apples? been talking. With <laughs> apples and just, like, you know, with, with uh, you know, ingredients from your garden, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And just celebrate and bring everybody over and lots of good wine and good food and all of that kind of stuff. To me, that's like like the perfect Taurus new moon. Let's do it. Let's do it. You're invited to the party. <laughs> good, yeah. <laughs> then, of course, we have the uh, full moon in Scorpio, and I say it like this because <laughs> <laughs> Full moon in Scorpio. Oh, my goodness. Scorpio is such an intense time. You know, Pluto is the planet that is associated with Scorpio. And Scorpio, you know, has a lot to do with the underworld and the shadow and all those things that we push deep. Why am I talking like this deep, <laughs> deep within the surface? And so, you know, when I always when I see the images of like wolves howling at the moon, I think of the Scorpio Full moon. I think this is a very potent full moon. Me too. And I also think it's really <laughs> sexy. Oh, right. I think I just howled. <laughs> it, I, you know what? I think it is sexy. I'll come to that party. Tell us more. <laughs> tell, tell us more, please. Well, 
Taurus, right? Taurus is about living. No, but no, no, but it's a Scorpio. No, but the sun is oh. in Taurus oh. and the moon is in Scorpio. Oh, so you have those two sensual signs, right? Mm. Scorpio, that's all about the touch and the feel and the fragrance and the the embodiment you're loving. No, I love you're blushing. this. I'm blushing. I want to like... Howl <laughs> the moon or someone. Yes, something. exactly. I'm coming to your party. That's for sure, yeah. <laughs> and then there's Scorpio, which is about it's sexy. It's let's get you know. Scorpio's like let's go below, let's go in, let's, let's go, go under the sheets, let's get into it, right? And Scorpio is about passion and desire and merging and like connecting mm-hmm. to becoming one. So yes. once again, it's really <laughs> sexy and sultry, and there's a lot of potential for seduction. So Yum. it's a party. <laughs> Yum. Oh, but also that day, just as a note, <laughs> she's fanning herself with her papers. You can see this. the temperature May rose. May 18th, folks. <laughs> the temperature <laughs> And also it's interesting because that day, just to remind, like when we're talking about Eris and Uranus, on May 18th is when Venus, which is the planet of related to Taurus, right? Venus connects with Uranus. So there is something about, like, I feel like combining those will still stay with our, like, sexy, sultry theme. And doing love a little differently, Venus, Uranus, right? And maybe really looking at, like, am I, like, going down a rabbit hole here? (laughs) You know, what is it that turns you on? Like, allowing yourself to, like, broaden your definition of pleasure. You know, who... You know, do you want to spend time with who brings you value? What brings you value? How do you redefine that for yourself? So, and also the Uranus says, you know, let go of the rules. Exactly. You know, maybe it's time to reinvent some things. <laughs> so there you have May. Yes, <laughs> of we're all looking forward to May 18th. Yes, <laughs> but just a big and then a big nod to like then and also. Any month would not be complete without just saying when the sun shifts, right? right so Taurus right. season goes through May 21st, and then the sun goes into Gemini, and we sort of lift back up into our into heads, our minds. Heads into and our, minds. And start, you know, <laughs> thinking of our bodies. and duality and moving like butterflies and trying to synthesize duality, you know, duality and right. um, understanding. Yes, yes. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a little break. I'm a little sweating. <laughs> so on to the tarot card, right? Yes. Or... Yeah. Or yes, something before the tarot card. No, no, no. I think it's time for the tarot card of the month. And, you know, we, of course, we always talk a little bit about what we're going to talk about in So Divine <laughs> before we actually do this. And when you were really talking about Eris and we were really digging into the mythology and what that's all about, what, especially as the god of, of strife and uh, discord, what came to my mind immediately is the tower card. And the tower card, it's often called the falling tower. And it's ruled by Mars, which is, you know, Eris's sister. Eris's brother. No, right, Eris's brother, brother. So her male counterpart. And the tower, you know, it's such a prov- uh, provocative image because in the card, you see a falling tower and people are falling out the windows and it's being struck by a bolt of lightning, right? And so a lot of times when this card comes up, you know, it brings up a lot of fear. But what the Tower card is actually about, it represents a time where we're dismantling the structures of our life that are no 
longer working. Now, because we've got that Mars energy, a lot of times the dismantling is not happening through conscious choice. Mm-hmm. It, you may be feeling like it's happening to you. If you go on a little bit higher spiritual level, it's always about choice. But this may have the feeling of like, oh my gosh, what's happening? All the structures of my life are falling apart and nothing's working. And the idea with the tower is you've been trapped inside that tower. It's like Rapunzel, you know, in the tower. And you've been trapped. And the only way to free yourself of these limiting structures is to tear down the tower, right? And if we really look at it on a more collective level, the the world is in a tower kind of archetype right now, right? You know, and the tower is also connected with the Tower of Babel, which is very much about uh, building false towers to God, right? And so the t- the Tower of Babel is really associated with false gods like materialism and negative commerce and shadow politics. And so we think about right now, all those structures that we've created the world, especially in this country, on, you know, are kind of falling apart. Politics aren't working. Government may not be working. Banking is changing. You know, all those things are being dismantled, and it's very disruptive, right? But ultimately, that tower card is about healing. If we can take that moment and let everything fall apart, let those towers, those, you know, outlived, outmoded structures you know, just organically let them decay, you know, and not try to immediately rebuild. Then it becomes this process of surrender and it becomes this process of really allowing yourself to work, like we were talking about earlier, with what's happening. And one of the things they talk about with the tower is it's a death card in a sense. It's more of a death to old structures, but there's always grief that comes along with it. And to take time to... Allow yourself to grieve, you know, the the things that are no longer working. And again, not to be in a rush to rebuild. And the, you know, the theme for the tower is from the ashes rises the phoenix, Mm -hmm. right? And, And so the phoenix will rise again. It just may not be today. So I love that whole idea of the dismantling and the, you know, and how it works with what we've been talking about. Incredible, right? I mean, I feel... Like, that is the card of the moment, not yes, even just of yes. May. Yeah. You know, something for all of us to really hold. Mm-hmm. You know, not just in terms of the strong Uranus and Eris, sort of the surprise, like the lightning bolt, bolt like right. things yes. breaking apart, but also with this Pluto Saturn conjunction yes. that we're just the in structures its ways and are coming down yeah. and that's dismantling and, you know, having the the courage and the faith to just let things go and not even because you know that they do not serve, that they don't have integrity and that there's maybe not a quick fix and that mm-hmm. you can be okay, right. you know, in that place of like before the rebuilding. Because this is stuff that's not going to get fixed, you know, in, you know, in a couple of years. And, and I think we're very much in the dismantling right now right. for a while. Right. Yeah. And how do you be at peace with that? Yeah, and how do you find your own ground? How do you find yeah. that sense of like foundation when foundations are crumbling around you? You know, or also for yourself, like where do you want you know, where do you, what do you want to dismantle in your own life? Exactly. Beliefs, Conscious dismantling. Exactly. 
Right, and ultimately, you know, the, the structure that's going to serve you the, the most is your inner structure. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's that very Pluto, Capricorn. And Capricorn is like at the end of the day, what's going on with your inner structure? Is it solid? You know, because that's a place that you can always go to. You know, no matter what's happening. So I think I'm going to pull the tower card out of my deck and have it on my desk, not just even for May, but really for the next at least year. I feel like it can really bring a good reminder right, of yes, this perspective you're yes, sharing. Yes, and, and, and to embrace the freedom. Mm. This is very Uranus. Uranus. <laughs> to embrace the freedom that comes from, you know, no longer being a prisoner of old structures that are no longer working, as hard as that may be. There's tremendous liberation here. Beautiful. Yeah. Ah. And on that note. <laughs> so this, I, that wraps up the maze, uh, maze so divine. And Stephanie, it's always a pleasure to be with you. And you can contact us. We love to hear from you if you have any questions. And Stephanie, our email address is so divineventures at gmail.com. I'm at stephaniegaling.com. And I'm at meganskinner.com. We also post a lot on Facebook and Instagram, so be sure and check that out as well. And just a big thank you again to the Overcast Room here in Seattle where we record this podcast. And our co-producers, Nick Petrie and Sebastiano Tecchio. We wish you a creative and liberating and liberating, sexy and liberating <laughs> month May. of May. All the best.